Hey guys, this is James. And Greg. We're the co-hosts of the Sports Dance Podcast, a weekly podcast recapping all the news, sports, daily fantasy, and anything else you can want to know in the sports world. If you like blazing hot sports takes, you like a little bit of humor, maybe a little bit of murder. No, just kidding. All sports. But follow us, uh, Greg. On Twitter at SportsStands underscore. You can follow James at SportsStandsJ. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, we got it all. At Boom. the SportsStands. And, you know, just check us out. You're going to love what we bring to the table. Every single week, hot takes, nothing less. The Sports Stance. Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Stance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me, as always, there's rumors that the Celtics are going to sign him to start small forward next week. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening, baby? Uh, doing pretty good. Wrapping the ankles, making sure they're tight, making sure, you know, they don't go anywhere. You're wearing uh, high top sneakers? I'm wearing every. I might be wearing just like full on braces up to the knees, like those high top knee boots that girls wear. Yeah. Just to be you safe. Look like, you're going to look like Ben Roethlisberger after any start, just braces everywhere and ice packs just to make, just preventative. Yeah. I'm going to look like basically like Greg Oden did when he was still playing. Ooh, that's tough. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll get into that in a little bit. We're this is this is a sad, sad episode of the Sports Santa. It should be joyous, Greg. It should be celebratory. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, I'm kind of glad we're doing it a day after the NBA season started. We're gonna try Monday, but this has gave us so much more. This is this gives us a leg up because everyone's season Whoa. previews, you know, um, that you read, you read them on ESPN, you read them on Sports Illustrated, you read them on The Ringer, you read them on uh, all these other NBA sites. And every single one of them was talking about the Celtics as a title contender. And now we, we promptly got that out of the way. We don't yeah. need to talk about that at all. Six no. minutes in. No, we can just talk about like where they may end up. And it may, it's definitely not number one. Yeah, exactly. Um, so our laziness actually ended up working out uh, in our favor. Which Congrats for us. Go us. Almost never happens. Um, occasionally this will shine through. And this is one of these moments. So yeah. um, Good on us. Take positive with the negative. Um, Podcasts talk- learn from our uh, accomplishments. Right. We're going to get into a lot this time, Greg. We're going to get into, um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit of the NFL and we're going to talk about the MLB a little bit because um, the playoffs are pretty exciting right now. Yep. Um, primarily, we're going to be talking NBA, though. Uh, we're very excited for the season to start. Um, some more than others. Looking at me. Yeah. You're, you're the uh, NBA guy. I mean, this is this is your episode to shine. This is it, man. This is where there's... There's the uh, there's the NBA James and there's the non NBA James and we're about to enter prime NBA James season which I'm very excited about. Yeah, NFL, you actually sadly may somehow take a backseat. I don't know. <laughs> it's 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 ugly, definitely. I mean, they still that's those Sundays still hold a spot in my heart, but uh, now I have something to watch every single night, which is pretty exciting. Daily fantasy just gets a lot better when NBA starts because it's one of those ones that you can do a little more often than the NFL. The NFL tries, but it's not like the NBA. Right, you can really dabble. Yep. Uh, before we get into any of that, though, Greg, before we talk about the season uh, that's upcoming in the NBA, before we talk about the NLCS and the ALCS and all the week uh, six action in the NFL. Yeah, it, it's uh, all like a jumble right now. <laughs> how you doing? What's new with you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I uh, had family come up this past weekend, so it was pretty nice. And then I'm going to New Jersey now this weekend to go to an event known as The Hunt, where it's really oh. just... Um, People that don't have a lot of money who know people that do have a lot of money 
go to an event where it's just an all day drinking, like eight in the morning to eight at night horse racing event where you don't pay attention to the horses. You just get blitzed. Yeah. I've seen your snaps. I've seen zip snaps. Yeah. It's where I tend to see him. It's my one year gathering with him. Basically. I think I thought that he was in like Italy or something like that. The last time I, I checked, but he maybe be. he's, yeah. He's I don't know if he'll be there. So that's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Well, it seems like a good time to hunt. Yeah. Good, man. Sounds good. Yeah. What about you? How, how was, how was your soiree this past weekend? Good soiree. Um, the best part about having uh, hosting a party with a lot of people is they all, uh, we're getting to the age where most people just kind of bring beer and then just kind of like, just leave it. Yep. Um, so I literally have like a fridge full of beer, just tons of beer. How far do you live from me? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm serious. Like it's, it's, I have like 50 beers that are just like chilling in my fridge right now. Like so much beer that I'm like, I need to drink it in order to make room for anything else you want to put in the fridge, which is fine by me. I'll drink it. Yeah. But I mean, it, obviously twist your arm. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, now I say, I would say that's the highlight. We, we, we cooked a lot and everything went off smoothly and everyone had a great time, but so I can ask for. The, the, the beer in the fridge really, you know, kind of nailed it. Uh, for how well warming it went. Everybody's left their beer for you. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not going to complain. No. Um, all right. Let's get into it. How do we want to start this? Do we want to go with the other sports first and then finish off with the little NBA preview? I think we go NBA preview and then if people want to stick around or if they don't want to hear NBA at all, they can just jump to the end and catch the other sports. All right. Let's, let's rock and roll. Uh, NBA season officially started last night. Uh, the Celtics, well, I mean, when you guys are actually hearing this, it's going to be two nights ago, two but nights you, you get the idea. Uh, get this, the Celtics uh, lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I believe it was like 109, 102, 112. No, 102.99. 102.99, sorry. Yeah, I knew it was by three points. Yeah. Um, and then the, uh, the Golden State Warriors lost their home opener to the Houston Rockets on ring night. So no nice. Uh, I blame their whole ring delay. Uh, that ceremony took forever. It wasn't a long ceremony. I mean, I heard a lot of uh, talk about it, too. It was a little weird because it was like they, you know, Kevin Durant was not featured necessarily as much as people thought that he was going to be. <laughs> so there's already maybe a little uh, little manufactured animosity happening. But anyways. Yeah, it was, a, it was a weird ceremony. You know it's bad and long when ESPN has to put in their little thing, uh, Rockets Warriors delayed. Because right. it's just so long off their tip-off time that they're like, we, we can't really say much else. It's delayed by like a half hour because this is ridiculous. Right. Uh, the big news coming out of last night, obviously, uh, besides the Rockets and Warriors and the Celtics and Cavs, is the Gordon Hayward injury. Oh, About six minutes injury. into the game, uh, Hayward went up for an alley-oop from Isaiah Thomas. And to say that he landed awkwardly yeah, does an injustice to... From who? Who did I say? Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> oh, wow. Freudian slip. Um, alley from Kyrie Irving. There you go. Uh, the ball was a little behind him, and he kind of made a weird adjustment mid-air mid uh, and landed on a foot. And uh, it, was, it was one of the more gruesome injuries I've seen on a basketball court in a long time. It's one of those ones that when they – usually if somebody goes down, they might show you, and you're like, okay, they're grabbing their like knee, they're grabbing their shin – you know they're hurt. 
I don't think I've, there's only a few times the Paul George injury is the only other one that comes to mind immediately where they showed it, not realizing how bad it was. Right. Yeah. ESPN they, did not totally understand that that was not suitable for life. No, they cut to it. Cause I don't even think they knew how bad it was at first. They just saw the reaction. They're like, Oh, his leg must've like just snapped or something. And they cut I it. I think they, I think that the camera guy or the, or the guy that was controlling the camera guy had the same reaction that everybody did was like, Oh wow. His, his shoes kind of off. Yeah. And then they realized that his foot was going the wrong way. Yeah, it's terrible. It's not time for making jokes. But all I thought was, like, he tried to slide to the left, and his foot was like, I'm going to slide to the right. And that's how it looked. Yeah. Ugh, it was tough. You knew it was – you know what I You know what I realized it was bad? Everyone kind of, re- like, had, like, a moment of realization where, like, they realized that this was not your run-of-the-mill injury, and that's really bad. Yeah. Mine was when Kevin Harlan started saying it because – uh, like normally it's like, oh, and this person's down, like Hayward's down and some, you know, we need a trainer to come over here and the Hay- Hayward's down, but immediately. And when ha- Harlan, when Kevin Harlan saw it, the announcer, he was like, oh, he broke his leg. Oh, he broke his leg. Oh, yeah. and he started saying it like that. And I was like, that's not how you're supposed to sound. <laughs> no, that's not how you keep people calm. No, that's, that's someone who's panicking. Um, just so, the Cavs bench alone, you knew it was bad because yeah. Guys react to injuries, but that whole bench. And- they were they were doing the same reaction that all of us were doing, which is just run away from it. Like, let's yeah. just look away and run away as fast as possible. The best is, not the best, but the funniest is kind of like the people that didn't notice what had happened already. Like, Jay Crowder had no idea what had just happened. He has the ball in his hand. He's inbounding. He's about to, like, run down the court, and all of a sudden he stops, and he looks, and he's just like, oh, what the? Yeah. It's never good when they're evoking names like Paul George and Kevin Ware and Sean Livingston. Like yeah. those are like those are like your Mount Rushmore of like yeah. gruesome like basketball injuries. And now Gordon Hayward's on there, uh, yeah. and that's just not good. It's not good. It's I was going. His to, diagnosis is better though than I think a lot of people expected potentially. They thought it was yeah. It's it looks seems to be like a clean break. However, you want to d- yeah, describe the tibia that and dislocated his ankle. But I think it's safe to say that you're probably not going to see him back this this season. Um, but, uh, I mean, best case scenario is maybe maybe depending on how fast he heals, could return for a playoff run. Yeah, but even that is like you know. You may not want to just. want to give him a full year. Fifteen minutes of him, sort of thing. So it's not for all intents and purposes. You know, Hayward's not going to be on this team this year, and that's really tough. You know, he just signed a hundred and twenty-eight million dollar contract. Um, Can they redshirt him for one year? <laughs> I don't know, man. So six, like that. six six minutes into his season too, and I don't even want to. I don't even want to like like pretend that this is not an overreaction. But for those six minutes, he was actually playing well. Yeah. <laughs> like he was playing defense and he had a bucket and he was, you know, he was doing all the things that we thought he was going to do, which is add some athleticism to the wing and add some defense. He's their best two-way player. It's not even all that close. No. Um, and to see him go down, you know, that all Celtics fans had the same kind of reaction, which was like, wow, if we ever had a puncher's chance of getting to the finals, that just, that just got, you know, stretchered off the floor, that chance. Yeah. All right, Kyrie, um, let's see how good you really are. Yeah, I mean, I think that some, Celt- some Celtics fans, I'm not going to, you know, obviously compare the quality of player Gordon Hayward to Tom Brady by any stretch of the imagination, but the closest thing that you can think of is in 2008 where you were like the first game of the season, you watch your whole season go up in flames from one play er- yeah. early on, you know? Well, you think you're going to see the whole season go up in flames, and then Matt Castle comes in, I don't know, maybe, maybe is Jalen Brown or like 
one of those guys at the Matt Castle of this team where they give him a fighter's chance to make the championship, the playoff, playoffs. Ryan, I know that you're a long-suffering made, Eagles fan, Greg, and, and that Matt Castle season wasn't actually over, but they did make the playoffs. That means the season was over. Yeah, so I understand I, that, but he was is, 11, what, Super Bowl like bust, pal. They were 11-5 that year, though, still. That's not good enough. If you're not in the playoffs, it's not good enough. You're out. Most you, years, that's a good enough record to be in the you're, playoffs. You're at like you're at five and one, and all of a sudden you're like, let's throw a fucking ticker tape parade. That's not six, happening. Six and zero in fantasy football. Just throwing that out there too, folks. Anyways, um, that was a really gruesome injury, and that was like the main storyline to come out of this yeah. year. So, with that being said, let's get into like a preview of what the rest of the season is going to look like now that we kind of have a lay of the land a little bit. Yeah. You had a couple questions that you wanted to pose to start the season. Yeah, we'll go with uh, – we can mix in some questions and then we'll mix in like just basically straight-out predictions of who's going to win what. Um, we'll start with who's going to win what. Now that we've seen the basically the teams that we all thought were going to be the top two seeds play on opening night. Right. Because unless you think Thunders maybe could be number two. Who wins the West and who wins the East just this year? We can start with the West, though. Um, I'd say even let's just do – let's do top four of the West. All right, that's fine, too. In top four of the East, because we all know who's going to win the West. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear that, this, that the Warriors are going to win the West. It's waiting for you to shock even me. But, okay. Even if they're 0-1. So the top four seeds of the West, I think, go, for me, they go Warriors. I'm going to go I'm gonna Warriors, Thunder, Rockets, Spurs. All right. So I am going to put the Thunder ahead of the Rockets. Um after seeing some of the stuff in that game last night from Houston, I really just don't know if, don't know how well Chris Paul meshes with James Harden. That whole, not even just James Harden, but the whole uh, like Rockets offensive scheme. Like the Rockets are such a go 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 team, and let's push the pace, push the pace, push the pace. Yeah. And Paul is, and, and you know, shoot threes and get to the rim. And Paul is much more of a let's set up the half court and and shoot jumpers from the elbow kind of guy. Um, yeah. So that's a weird fit. He didn't have a great game last night. Uh, you know, he kind of harassed Steph a little bit, but other than that, he didn't have a great game. No, I get so it. So I, I really, I really do think that the Thunder are gonna end up getting, uh, getting that second seed in the Rockets, being the third seed, and then you can't really ever count out the Spurs. So I, I'm gonna put the Spurs at number four. All right, I can see that. Uh, I'm basically on the same with you. Put the Warriors at number one again, unless there's an injury of some cata- catastrophic nature to two of their big best players. It had to be more than just Durant or somebody like that because we saw last year Durant went down for how many games and they were fine. They yeah, you could you could you could better. even any of their players you could lose theoretically, like and still get the number one seed. Yeah, like if you lose Steph, you lose Clay, you lose any of those guys, you're basically fine. You have somebody to replace them that can at least give some of that production back. And then the rest are just going to pick it up even more because then it's going to be a little more selfish. So Warriors will be number one, barring any terrible injuries. I think that go, go, go offense of the Rockets is actually going to you know, be good this year. I think Chris Paul is a piece that they need it. I get that he's a year older, not the best defender, but I think having basically two point guards uh, with him and Harden running it and going back and forth, adds a new element dynamic to that team and uh, stretches that floor even more than it was. Uh, Cause that team's just full of shooters. And I mean, if you can hit threes, at least 50% of the time, 40% of the time in the game, and you're taking 50 threes a night. It's going to go well for you overall in the long run. I'm actually going to put the Spurs at three 
just because I think Popovich has some sort of coaching magic that he figures that out every year. And mainly uh, because of Kawhi Leonard, which I will get into more later on. And then I'm going to put the Thunder at four. And my only reason is I think they're going to take a little bit of time to fully gel and get that team working together as well as they can be. Granted, once they are, they're probably going to be one of the top two teams in the West. But I think it's going to take a little bit. They're going to have some uh, stumbles along the way. And I think because of that, they come in out of four. But I think it's going to be a close top four. I think it's going to be like a two, three game difference. I don't think the Warriors are going to be as far ahead this year as they have been in the past. I think that's a fair take. I, I I totally understand the idea that the Thunder are going to struggle a little bit coming out of the gate. But I honestly think that the Spurs... I think that uh, I I don't think that Popovich has ever been someone to rely on a single player as much as he's going to have to rely on Kawhi Leonard this year. He's always been a guy that's more about system and ball movement and all that kind of stuff. And this year is going to be much more reliant on Kawhi, who I think is up for the task. Don't get me wrong, but the complimentary players around him aren't nearly as good as some of these other guys on these teams, like the like the Rockets and the Thunder. So I think that by sheer will they're going to get to the four seed, but I don't I don't see them. Uh, getting to that number, you know, three or two seed like they have in years past. All right. The East is more interesting now, um, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting in the sense of, like, we don't really know what's going to happen, but not necessarily interesting in the sense of, like, you know, we don't know who's going to come out of the East. So uh, who do you have for your top four in the Eastern Conference? This is where it's hard now with the Hayward injury. I'm going to go, obviously, Cavs number one, clear number one, best team by far. You still got yeah. LeBron who looks – like he hasn't aged at all, at least playing wise, hairline wise, definitely. Right. But, I mean, so Cavs clear favorites, number one seed, going to be easy now, I think, without uh, Hayward in Boston. Now it gets hard though. Right. I got, you know, I look at all the teams, and I really like it's like who right now the Bucks I think are projected to be the number two seed based on mm. preseason stuff. I don't know. I think the Wizards actually are going to be the number two seed. Yeah. I think the Celtics get you. the three. And then I think the Bucks get the four because they're still a young team. They're still trying to figure it out. But I think getting to that four seed is going to be a huge jump for them in general. But it's a jump they're going to be able to make mainly because of Giannis. And I think obviously Kyrie wills the Celtics as a three seed. And the Wizards, I think just Beal and Wall are probably one of the best backcourts in the league. And just because of those two alone and not much other competition in the East, they get the two. Yeah, I think I'm basically with you. I would probably go Celt- I'd probably go Cavaliers, Wizards. Uh, I, I would honestly probably actually go, I really want to go with the Bucks, but I probably wouldn't go for the Bucks, you know, until like two years from now. Yeah. So I'm probably going to go Cavs, Wizards, Raptors at number Ooh. three, just out of sheer like, They've got adults on their team sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like they've got like real, you know, living and breathing NBA players that are all experienced. Like I, even if I think that you're not getting anywhere with Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, and Serge Ibaka, like you still got Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, and Serge Ibaka, you know? like yeah. That's an adult NBA team that's played together for a while. They're going to do well in the uh, – they, they had the second seed not that long ago. No, the first seed not that long ago. Second or first seed not that long second. ago. They were almost they almost they were like a game away from first, I think like two years ago. Right. So I think that uh I, you know, I, I think that that combination, you know, is gonna really help, especially against some of these young squads in the uh, in the east who are still kind of trying to gel. And then four seed, I'll probably go with the Celtics. 
I, I'm not super confident about it. You know, it's crazy to me to think that Gordon Hayward is worth, you know, three spots, but really that's not, you know, that big a jump if you think about it. You know, no. last year's conference, that's a difference of like, you know, five or six wins maybe. And I think that he is worth that. I think that he's legitimately worth he's five or worth six it. wins. Especially on that team. That team is so young and so newly put together. Right. They, they needed four people that returned. Do everything. I think Jalen Brown showed a lot yesterday, but he's still a second-year player. That's I don't know how consistent that's going to be. There's going to be a lot of pressure put on his shoulders now to help fill that void. Right. So I'm going Cleveland, Wizards, Raptors, Celtics. All right. Yeah, we're, uh, going, to, we're going to keep going with the questions of basically who's going to win what, and then we'll get into the more uh, kind of whatever type questions where it's more opinion-based than anything. I granted these are also opinion-based. But these are like the standard ones. So next we're going to go with who wins MVP this year. We had Russell Westbrook win it last year. Uh, Steph Curry the two years before that. Westbrook, as we remembered, tr- averaged a triple-double for an entire season. Super impressive. Probably not going to be doing that this year with Paul George and Carmelo. So without that happening, who wins MVP this year? I think there's three main candidates right now. That might might be actually a little controversial and I'm saying three main candidates because none of them have been like, well, I guess not none of them, sorry. But they haven't been like the like the main candidates so far, like the last few years. I'm not saying Steph, I'm not saying Russ, I'm not saying KD, I'm not saying Harden. I think all those guys kind of got help this summer. Mm-hmm. You know, Steph and KD withstanding, but they kind of already had their help. Um, I'm actually going to say that there's three candidates. I'd say that there's LeBron. I'd say that there's Kawhi and uh, Kyrie. All right. I think those are the three. I think that there's, you know, the, the the chips are in place for those three. Like LeBron, if he wills his team to like 56, 57 wins, number one seed, he, he puts together another vintage LeBron season and it just looks like he's kind of unstoppable. You know, I especially now that he lost his like, you know, his running mate sort of thing. Yep. I think that that's huge. Uh, Kawhi again, kind of harkens back to what I was talking about where he doesn't really have a lot around him. You know, the most exciting thing that happened to the Spurs this off season is that they just signed LaMarcus Aldridge to a big extension who I don't think that that was really a great idea. No, it was not. I agree with you. And then finally you have Kyrie who wasn't really in consideration before this, but if he wills his team to like a, a, a third or even a second seed, which is probably unreasonable to ask for of him, but if he does, I think that that merits some MVP consideration. I really do. Yeah, he wanted to be the man, and if he can do that, he will be the man. Isaiah Thomas was number five in the voting last year, and I think that people like Kyrie a little bit more. Uh, and, you know, especially if he does a little bit more with a little bit less, I think that's a real thing for him. He's also a little flashier, and people like that. Yeah, I would probably, my, my safe money, I think, would be on Kawhi. Um, because of his two-way potential, because he's a little bit younger, because I think the Spurs are going to outperform the Cavaliers overall in terms of wins, and because I do think that uh, Kawhi is working with just a little bit less than LeBron, just because he's got old power forwards. He's going to drag up and down the floor and Gasol and and Aldridge, whereas LeBron, you know, has some spry three-point shooters that he can kind of rely on. but I, I think it's pretty close, you know, so I'm going to go with Kawhi, but I, I don't feel great about it. Well, James, uh, I'm not an NBA expert by any means. I'm not like you in any way. But basically, I was thinking the same thing. I was going to go with Kawhi as my MVP pick, mainly because if he can will the Spurs to a three seed, like I was saying before, 
I mean, he's going to do it on defense. He's going to do it on offense if he stays healthy and pushes that team above expectations in that already stacked West. How can you deny him that? I mean, people are going to basically every year now it's who can do something equal to LeBron stats wise, whoever it is, they get MVP at this point, it seems because LeBron just does it every year. And at this point, it seems like last year with Westbrook triple double, you had to give it to him. But the previous year with Steph, you could have easily given it to LeBron. And a lot of people still think he may should have just because Steph got it because of three pointers, but LeBron did it offense defense and Kawhi is that same type. I think he gets it. The dark horse is Kyrie now with the injuries, but overall, I think safe money, like you said, is on Kawhi. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay. Anything else that you want to say about this, um, this series or this uh, award before we go on? I think league, not MVP. I think league awards. I don't know. Do we care about rookie of the year really? I think we do. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting. Uh, I think this is a really interesting time of year. So let's. You gotta ask. We got two more awards. Then we got rookie and sixth man because they're the other two big ones. And then we'll get into those few other short questions. I feel I I care less about sixth man than I do about rookie of the year. I think rookie of the year is important. All right, then can I just give my quick want to give a name out for sixth man then before rookie of the year? All right, shoot. All right, my sixth man of the year is going to be J.R. Smith. Plain and simple, he's coming off the bench now. He's going to be providing a lot of scoring off the bench, I think, for the Cavs because, uh, you know, Wade kicked him out of the starting lineup. So you've seen in the past, it's guys that can shoot, make some plays that are six-man. Last year was Eric Gordon. Year before that was Lou Williams. Uh, I think the year before that was Andre Godala. So it's all these guys that can come off the bench, provide some points. I think that's what J.R. Smith is going to do this year for the Cavs and help them. That's probably a good pick. Uh, Eric Gordon last night made his made his case very clear about how he should retain the title. Yeah, um, but it'll be a fun I, battle, I think, this year between a few guys. Marcus Smart was probably in line to do, get some sort of consideration before he got kind of got forced into the starting lineup again, but we'll see. Um, okay, rookie of the year, I think, is very interesting. We've got uh, the great Lonzo. <laughs> uh, we have Ben Simmons, uh, who is going to be for all intents and purposes, a starting point guard. Uh, Mark L. Fultz is coming off the bench, but, I mean, he's taken number one overall, so you have to at least consider him. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. for Dallas, I think, is a really interesting still pick. A, still a rookie, because I feel like he is. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, Dennis, so Dennis Smith was a really interesting pick. I think yep. that he's a huge steal in the draft, to be totally honest with you. Um, I think that more people should have taken a look at him. Uh, Deer and Fox for um, Sacramento. I think that he's a great pick for it. And then finally, my bias is showing, but Jason Tatum. <laughs> Jason Tatum was already starting before Hayward was even out. And then he has he's going to be asked to do a lot more offensively. You know, despite... Uh, Despite Jalen Brown's like huge offensive performance uh, last night, uh, Tatum is much more gifted offensively than Brown is. Just naturally, he's he also had a solid work. night last night. Yep, uh, he had a solid night. He had 14 and 10 in his rookie debut against you know playing the same basic wing position as LeBron James. That's pretty good. Yep. Um, I think that Jalen Brown can't shoot threes as well as Tatum. Uh, Tatum has better footwork. He has better offensive instincts. Uh, and now with Hayward out, you know, it's going to be up to these young guns to really kind of prove something. Yeah, so I think yeah. I know that it's silly for me to keep talking about Celtics, 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 but, you know, that's 
if if Tatum, you know, averages somewhere like 16 points a game for a number, you know, for a top seed in the East, that's a better case in my opinion than, you know, Lonzo Ball, who's going to be averaging, you know, maybe like, you know, nine points and eight assists on a bad Lakers team. Or, you know, Ben Simmons, for that matter, who's going to get very overshadowed by Embiid if Embiid ends up playing a full season. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that the I think that the dark horses are gonna, are more challenging to Tatum right now than anything else, like De'Aaron Fox uh, and Dennis Smith Jr., who are both incredibly exposed, explosive. Um, but I think that Tatum now with the increased role and he's already starting for this really good team, I think that he's got a really legitimate shot. No, I think you're definitely right about that, especially with the Hayward injury. It's something that we keep coming back to this podcast, but I mean. It's tough it not to. It's kind of overshadowing huge, everything. It has ripples going through the whole NBA with what's going to happen with different people and different guys in the league. Um, and it's going to make things interesting. Uh, my rookie of the year, you know, like I said, I'm not like you. I, I'm not an expert. So, you know, I look at the field. I figure out who is the most logical to win based on playing time. Tatum's a very good pick. Uh, Darren Fox, like you said, in Sacramento would be a smart pick. Uh, he's going to be clearly a focus there. Um, but I'm going to trust the process and go with the guy who probably could have had a chance to win it last year with Ben Simmons. I mean, yes, I understand if Embiid plays well, he's going to get overshadowed. Uh, Fultz is coming off the bench. He has a lot of competition in general and a lot of things to get through. But if this guy can stay healthy, I think he's going to be something special. I think he's going to make a case this year to be one of the up-and-coming rising stars in the league. He can score, he can pass, he can do it all. Uh, he's not a short guy by any means, but he's going to be running the point where you're used to seeing, you know, six foot, six foot one type guys. Uh, so, you know, he adds that different element to it. He's becoming like a Giannis. Uh, or like That's what the Sixers are hoping he becomes, that bigger point guard that can do a lot and really run that offense up and down the court, uh, play good defense. I think if he plays well, stays healthy, averages you know he could easily average 15 16 points just like tatum i think he'll eclipse him with assist and potentially rebounds just because and if he does all of that i'm going to give my money to him and put my money on the process i think he's got to prove that he can score at a high level before i give him mvp consideration excuse me rookie of the year consideration uh just because i i you know especially for you know these these awards are, are, are usually a little bit based on numbers, less so on just yeah. kind of watching the game and feel for the game. Um, you know, Michael Carter Williams winning MVP or rookie of the year a few years ago is probably a pretty good example of that Perfect where they example. just, they, they base it on numbers and he was a super high, high volume shooter. So we got a lot of points naturally, but uh, I don't think that Simmons has enough scoring potential. It's the same knock against Lonzo to be totally honest with you. I don't think yeah. they have, he has a scoring potential to kind of wow voters enough to give them rookie of the year. The rookie of the year is a little bit more superficial than like an MVP. It's like who can prove that they can hang at this level. Yeah. Uh, don't let LeVar have a vote. Points. That's all I ask. Just don't let LeVar have a vote. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Um, that's rookie of the year conversation, Greg. Anything else you want to add to it? Uh, no, not much. I think we can get into the rest of our questions where it's a little more just personal opinions, maybe, you know, a little, fun i know the last question i have on here is more of just uh poking fun at basically the suckiest players in the nba teaser that's tough um 
I, you know, I, the, the real answer is that the suckiest players in the NBA, I, I don't know their names. Yeah. That, so they're going to be the suckiest players that we do know, basically. It, my last question is. Yeah, that's fair. For fun. So that's our teaser. That's So stick, stick with us or just skip ahead. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Uh, next question up. Who is going to be this year's Greek freak? So last year, you know, year past year or so, Giannis has really exploded on the scene. In the NBA, people are really starting to notice him. He's now this year been talked about way more as the new king. Uh, he's like the prince right now. And when LeBron goes and leaves, he'll be crowned the new king of the NBA just because of how talented he is. Who in the NBA right now who's maybe, you know, rookie, second-year type guy, do you think can maybe start making the steps to become that guy? Well, I think the easy answer after preseason is Kyle Kuzma. This guy's been lighting up the fucking internet. Like, everyone loves Kuzma yeah. on the Lakers. No, <laughs> um, I think a guy that people should should pay attention to a little bit uh, from this year's draft who dropped a lot and he's going to be put into a pretty nice situation is Malik Monk from the Hornets. Uh, I don't think that he's going to necessarily be, you know, it, it, there's no one who's going to be like Giannis just yeah. because at a sheer – at a sheer physical level, there's no one who has that speed, length, um, acceleration, you know, explosiveness. He's basically Kevin Durant with LeBron James's athleticism. It's like there's no one – if he develops a jump shot, like, it's, you might as well pack up the league. It's over. So I don't think anyone's going to be like him in that sense. But I do think that Monk could be like him in the sense that he falls to, like, you know, middle of the draft or kind of late lottery. And then people are like, what the fuck were they doing passing on that guy? So the guards that were taken ahead of Malik Monk were Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, De'Aaron Fox, um, Frankie Nicotine from the New York Knicks, Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, and then finally Monk was taken. Those were all the guards that were taken in front of Monk. And Monk is by far the best shooter out of all of them. And in today's NBA, what do you want? You want a three-point shot. Yep. <laughs> you know, so I think that he's someone that you should really keep an eye out for, um, especially in Charlotte. We does not have to be the guy, you know, it's still Kemba Walker's team. He's got Nick Batum eventually when Batum comes back and, you know, Michael killed Gilchrist and even Dwight Howard's there now. He doesn't have to be the guy, but he, that kind of gives him enough leeway where he can just kind of play off ball and focus on getting better at uh, the NBA things he's not great at. So I would say Malik Monk is a, is a little sneaky guy you should pay attention to. You know, I'm not going to lie. That question was literally just for you because I don't know the NBA well enough to answer that question. I knew you would. So, yeah, Malik Monk, totally agree. Malik Monk, Charlotte Hornets, book it. Also totally forgot Dwight Howard was on the Hornets. Yes, you did. It's one of those guys, like, it's it's one of those games that everybody should play every year is where did this former all-star center go? And it's yeah. just where did Dwight Howard go this year? Yep. See how many um, know. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. Uh, so Malik Monk, all right, I'll keep my eye out on him and uh, use him in daily fantasy. And if I lose my money, I blame you. Fair enough. What surprise team makes the playoffs in both the East and the West? I can start if you want, or you can go. Why don't you start? Because I've been answering a lot. All right, I'm going to start. I want to start in the East. Uh, I'm going to go with the Pistons. I mean, you look at the East, it is a clusterfuck, basically, of teams of who could potentially make the playoffs, who may not. The Pistons was a team last year. Everybody thought had a good shot to be a seven or eight seed. Um, you know, I don't think they lived up to what their potential could have been. I feel like they could have been one of those teams that slips in, makes their case, maybe has a little surprise run. They did not. Uh, the reason I'm really just going to put all my trust in them, James, is because they got Boban Marjanovic. Uh, I loved him when he was on the Spurs. 
He's just the goofiest looking guy in the world. Uh, to me, he looks like, have you ever seen the movie Real Big Fish? Yeah. He looks like the giant in the movie Real Big Fish. <laughs> um, so that's basically the only reason I'm going with the Pistons. I mean, they got Andre Drummond. Uh, I'm not kidding. It, besides uh, Boban, they also have Avery Bradley. I actually think Bradley is going to bring an element to that team that they had been missing. It's a strong defensive-minded player who can also put up points. I think that is kind of a culture that will spread. Van Gundy, I think, wants a guy like that as his like leader on the team, and I think Bradley can take that role. I think the Pistons slip in, maybe even as like a sixth seed, just because the East is so wide open at the bottom. And maybe they make a little noise in the playoffs. Who knows? But that's going to be my surprise team that makes it in the East. Yeah, I totally agree uh, with the Pistons, especially if if Drummond can do literally anything with his free throw shooting. Um, if you can improve that like at all, I think that he can get back. People forget about Drummond because he's been in the league for so long. The guy's 24 years old. Just want to throw that out there. Like he's younger than Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, he's younger than everyone on the Warriors. He's younger than um, he's he's almost a he's a, he's only a year older than Giannis, right? So everyone's yeah. sucking Giannis's dick about being the next best thing. Drummond is only slightly a year older than Giannis. Um, so that's a great pick. Thank you. Um, my pick is, I don't know if this is a surprise team, but it is. I mean, it's so I, I, cause they're so bad last year, but I'd say the Pelicans almost kind of by process of elimination in the same way that the East is really, um, really deft of, of good teams at the bottom. The West is too. So you have, you know, you have your Warriors, uh, you have your Thunder, Rockets, Spurs. Uh, I think the Clippers probably get in as well. The, the Trailblazers have been in the last few years. And then you have the Timberwolves, right? Like, I think that those are like the six, but you still need two extra playoff teams. So you're going to give it to the Grizzlies, who, who lost a decent amount of people, um, you know, basically betting on Marc Gasol. Uh, are you going to give it to, I don't know, um, you know, the Blazers were in there before, obviously. I think I already said them, actually. Yeah. Um, are you going to give it to the Mavericks, who have, you know, a 40-year-old Dirk Nowitzki and Nerlens Noel, who can't shoot? Love it. You know, maybe Dennis Smith. You might give it to the Nuggets because of Millsap and Jurkic and uh, and uh, sorry, Jokic. Um, I can't remember which guys on the Nuggets sometimes, but okay. I mean, Nobody so you knows. have a couple candidates, but just by sheer talent alone, it has to be the Pelicans, right? Like they have to make the playoffs this year, or else this whole thing is a total bust, and they have to blow it all up. Just yep. with sheer talent, they have. Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. And I don't care about the rest of your fucking team. You got to figure that out and make the goddamn playoffs. Those two should get you a six seed, seven seed minimum. That should get you into the playoffs, those two. And how do they, how do they not get you into the playoffs is my question. I don't know, but yeah. you're making me feel way better about my NBA like knowledge than I thought I ever did because that's my surprise team in the West too. Just because of how bad that experiment seemed to go last year. This year, hopefully you're thinking maybe a whole offseason working together. It gels better. And, I mean, how can it not? You also bring in Tony Allen, who's going to get his number retired by the Grizzlies, even though he's still an active player. That's how great a Grizzly he was, apparently. Um, but that's where Tony Allen also ended up, if you didn't know. That's another right. one of those guys. Uh, but I, he's defensive-minded. He, uh, you know, that that's basically all he is. He's a defensive player. Uh, offensive, forget about him. But you got DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis. What else do you need on the offensive end? They also have Rajon Rondo, so they're basically just being like, let's get all the Kentucky alumni we possibly can get into one place and just hope it ha- so hope something good happens. Bringing Calipari in disguise. Why not? 
Why not? Um, so I say the Pelicans. If not, you got to blow it up. That, yeah. that, that's my thing. You if, can, if it's not Pelican, working, if not, blow it up. If it's not working by all-star break, blow it up, get some money, and get some picks, get some players, get some young guys back for Davis and Cousins while you can. Right, exactly. All right, All Greg, what are the questions we have to answer? Next, we got two left for NBA preview. What good team is actually bad? Ooh, I like this question. What good team is actually bad? I really actually do like this question a lot. I Um, I do it for James, but I also do it for us. Yeah, definitely. What good team is actually bad? It's a simple Uh, answer, James. I think that every team in the Eastern Conference you can look at, you, you can't say that one team is actually bad because um, they all could be actually bad except for like the Cavaliers. Um, Cavaliers and Wizards, I think, are kind of immune, but everyone else, like you could make a case to me like the rest of these teams are actually bad and I'm totally, I'm totally fine with it. You have the whole NBA to choose from though. This isn't just a league specific side. This is No, I know. So you, ha- you have to look at the Western Conference in my opinion. Um, I would say that I would, I would say that like I, every single year I buy into the Timberwolves hype and like, they have to do something for me in order for the Timberwolves to actually be believed. I, that's a, like, everyone is just kind of penciling the Timberwolves in as like playoff team. And they're over under this year, by the way, is like 13 games higher than last year. Cause I got Jimmy Butler and Thibodeau magic. Here's the thing. Who is shooting the th- who is shooting the three on the Timberwolves? Uh, can Carl Anthony Towns hit a three? Um, kind of. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You got your outside big five guy on the outside. Yeah. So that that's my question. Who is who is shooting the three on the Timberwolves here? Because it's not going to be Wiggins. It's not going to be Butler. It's not going to be Towns. Um, I even forget who their point guard is at this point because they traded Rubio. Oh, it's uh, is it Jeff Jeff Teague? Jeff Teague. So it, oh. and Jeff Teague is literally like replacement level player. Like he's fine. <laughs> so if Jeff Teague is your hope for the three, like their spacing is going to be horrible. They haven't figured out their defense with with uh, Carl Anthony Towns. And how is Andrew Wiggins going to adapt to being a third option? He's a third option now. He's not even. And he's a terrible draft. Defender. He's not even the. He's not even the second best player on his team right now. Terrible defender too. So you know he's not giving much to that team unless he's putting up thirty points a night and. Maybe stealing the ball once a game? I don't know. Yeah. I actually saw the Timberwolves twice last year, and two, both times, like, you know how you get your ESPN notification when, when a team ends the game and they give you, like, the two best performers on the team or whatever? Like, oh, LeBron had 26, 8, and 7 or whatever. Yeah. So both times I saw the Timberwolves last year, Wiggins literally, like, scored all of his points in garbage time when his team was down 20. And then you would get the notification at the end of the game, like from ESPN and be like, Oh, Wiggins had 21 points. Be like, well, 17 of them were in the fourth quarter when no one gave a shit. Against against the end of the bench. So, so like, what are we doing here? So I feel like Wiggins is that kind of player right now in his career. Maybe he gets better. I mean, I think he's got some raw skills, but I don't know. I think that people are scared penciling in the Timberwolves for being really good and they might not be. Yeah. uh, No, I totally get that. My good team that is actually bad. I was looking at the Raptors really hard just because they've been a, like you said, they were a two seed a few years ago. Last year, I think they were a three or four. I forget exactly what. And they should be good. They got DeMar DeRozan. They got Kyle Ryu, two really good backcourt players. They got a Baca who you said is, you know, it's a man's team. 
they're grown up. They should be able to take control of at least part of the East and finish in that top four. I just don't think they're going to do it. I mean, yeah, the East, you can make a case, like you said, for everybody except the Wizards and the Cavs and until last night, the Celtics probably. But the Raptors, to me, are still just that team that people just keep buying into year after year. And they shouldn't. DeMar DeRozan is literally just like, I signed a big contract, now trade me. Trade me to LA. Trade me somewhere else. I don't want to be here. Trade me to the stacked West. And it just makes no sense. Kyle Lowry is literally the Eddie Lacy of the NBA where you don't know if he's going to come in fat, skinny, what, what's going to happen to him halfway through the season. Is he going to get hurt? Probably, because he always gets hurt. And then Serge Ibaka is a good, decent forward. But if yeah, they're true. if they're not playing that great, they're not going to do that well. They could easily go from a top four team in the East to on the fringe of missing the playoffs, I think, very easily. And so they are my good team that's actually bad. My only other team I was looking at as a possibility was going to be the Clippers, but I like DeAndre Jordan and uh, Griffin way too much uh, to think that they're actually bad. Yeah, I think that they're going to be actually pretty decent. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't put it past the Clippers. Um, All right. Yeah, be pretty good. Last question of our NBA preview before we move on to some short NFL and MLB talk. James, if you had to look at one player in the league, just one, that you think you could handle for one-on-one basketball, who would it be? One-on-one. Um, you know who I was actually reminded of? I, I saw that uh, I saw that Jose Calderon is, is on the Cavs last night. He is. I think I could beat Jose Calderon. Do you know how tall Jose Calderon is? I just want to know. I, know I don't know. He he's prototypical guard size. He's probably like six foot four. He's, yeah, he's six three, which I always thought he was like five eleven. Right. Like he looks like JJ Barea is like five five, but he's actually five eleven. Um, but no, I could see that he was actually one of the people I was thinking of. But I'm a little bigger, you know, weight wise. So I had to think outside the box of who do I think I could at least body up and have a chance against. And I think you're gonna like who I came up with, James. All right, shoot. Raymond Felton. <laughs> he That's is, actually probably pretty good. Yeah, he is a larger fellow uh, for the point guard position. I think if I just body him enough, I will get exhausted and wind it, but so will he. And I got a decent jump shot from the outside, and I think if it comes down to it, I could hit more three-pointers than he could because at the end of the game, neither of us is going to be driving. We're both of going to be like doing that heavy, <sighs> is it water break yet? Uh, uh, is that an ice cream truck over there? Do you just want to quit and go get the ice cream? Like, I think it's going to be kind of like that. Raymond Felton's actually a great choice. I'm proud yeah. of you for that. I, I did my research. I looked around. I tried to really find the fattest guy in the league. And then I remember Raymond Felton. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> say that he's like the fattest guy in the league, no, but he's definitely not. To be like seven foot one, and I wouldn't be able to compete with that. Right, exactly. Um, cool. Let's touch on uh, let's touch on the MLB and the NBA and the NFL really quick. Um, what I think we should do is just give our predictions for the series um, that we that are in the MLB right now. Yeah. So uh, actually, I can give you we're most looking forward to this weekend for the uh, for the NFL, and we'll get back into it next week. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, I can give you update on uh, at least the AL side because they're playing at the moment. Yankees were winning. Oh, the Yankees are still winning. So we'll look at the ALCS side first. It's a uh, tie two two. Uh, basically Yankees have stormed back in New York. They are up four, nothing. 
in game five. So if they win this, they go back to Houston to a chance to clinch game six. Do you think the Yankees, the young baby bombers, have a chance to advance to the World Series and end it all and meet most likely the Dodgers? What do you think Houston somehow comes back? I really do think that that Houston is probably the best team here. So I'm going to go with Houston, but man, the Yankees are really making it difficult for me. I, I also said that Cleveland was the best team and they were going to win too, and that didn't go over very well. So you said the Yankees were unnervingly frisky and it's come back to bite you in the ass. I told yeah, exactly. I'm going to take full responsibility for unleashing these assholes. Um, yeah, it's probably going to be the Yankees, but I would say that like if I, if I had to bet before this series, I would say it's Houston kind of hands down. But it looks like it's probably going to be the Yankees. It looks like it's probably going to be Yankees-Dodgers for the um, for the series. And that's probably pretty fun for ratings and stuff like that, but it definitely makes my skin crawl a little bit. Yeah, it definitely makes my skin crawl. I'll be fine if well, the Yankees can make it. It kills me to say that. They can make the World Series. But Dodgers, I think, will crush whoever goes against them at this point. Their bullpen is virtually unhittable right now. And the Dodgers starters are just – Kershaw has finally shown he can handle the postseason. Um, they got Hill. They got a – I mean, they got literally three aces on any team in their first three starters. And you shouldn't be able to beat that. Yankees, Judge, I think, will go down swing whiffing all the time. People are going to try to make the argument that, you know, he's a rookie. He, uh, you know, is going to struggle a little bit. Outside of last night's two hits, one a home run and one a double, he has absolutely been trash. But Yankees probably going to win tonight. I'm hoping Verlander pulls out another gem performance in Houston. And if it comes down to one game, I pray for one game Houston can find their bats because they have had no offense this whole series so far. Yeah, And definitely. maybe pull it out. But the gut says it's going to be Yankees. Uh, so it's going to be Yankees and Looking to the NL- NLCS right now, Cubs are down three games to none. Dodgers can clinch tonight. If you're listening to this tomorrow, Dodgers most likely clinched. Um, if not tomorrow, then the next game. Definitely. I think it's also going to be Yankees-Dodgers, but I'd like the Astros to pull this thing out. Like, It's a better story if the Astros win. Yeah, I, kind of just, I actually want to see the Yankees take all three at home and then the Astros go home and just crush them for the final two games and really just stomp on all the Yankees who had super high hopes being like, Oh my God, we're actually going to go to the world series again. Cause you know, it's not like you've never been there before Yankee fans right. shut up. Let other teams have some glory for once. Definitely. All right. And then, so as we just said, Dodgers, I mean, do we really have to talk about the NLCS? The Dodgers have just completely shut down the Cubs. They look good. There's no doubt about it. I like um, the. Sh- I love, I saw some guy's shirt from yesterday saying there's always last year for Cubs fans, which is fantastic. Uh, I would totally have bought that shirt as a Red Sox fan after like 2004. That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. I'm uh, I'm going to say, let's let's talk about the NFL this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk First, about the, the games we're most excited about. We should uh, take we'll get... one other topic into consideration, James. Shoot. Aaron Rodgers, good at football, bad at bone density. Oh, that's tough. I, you know, I don't want to. It, it, it's not. It's not on him at all about no. this. Uh, this injury, but he definitely like he fell pretty awkwardly. Like if he hadn't stuck his hand out there, I think that he would have been in good shape. It's just a natural reaction. Basically, the only thing to say about that terrible. You know, hopefully he heals up just like Hayward. Um, and the NFL has just been hit with a. I'm going to use a big word here. Plethora of big star injuries. Yeah, JJ Watt, Odell Beckham. 
Uh, you, you Spencer Ware for the Chiefs. You have uh, Rodgers now, Dalvin Cook. You Just a lot of big names went down, and that's terrible to see for the NFL and for fans in general. Do you think the Packers in any way, shape, or form survive the NFC North, which has been competitive, and make the playoffs either as a division winner or a wild card winner? I mean, if they accidentally back in the playoffs, if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, they're not going to do anything. So um, I think maybe just because of like the sheer injuries to the other teams. Um, but the Vikings are good, and the Bears are like surprisingly frisky. And then the Lions are decent too. I think it's a competitive division. So I, I don't think that the Packers are going to actually do anything, especially without Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers has been the only good thing that they have going for them. So I would be really surprised um, if, they, if they make anything happen without him like they've had a bad defense they've had a bad offensive line they only have like one playmaker on offense right now um they basically just have the benefit of having the best quarterback in the league and he's he's gotten them to the point that they're at right now so i think that you're going to watch it's basically you're going to see how bad they actually are now that he's gone yeah i don't i sorry packers fan pack nation uh all you shareholders that own own the team uh packers aren't making the playoffs this year mainly because the Vikings, even without Sammy Noodle Arm potentially because of his whole knee issues, you're getting two-glove Teddy back. Uh, so even if Bradford can't go, even if Casey Keenum struggles, Teddy Bridgewater now just happens to be coming off like the pup list and can basically play for the Vikings. Or the Vikings can always take the route of, hey, let's trade Bridgewater and try to get something for him because he's still shown that he could be a decent quarterback when he was playing. But yeah, I think the Vikings, now, which is encouraging. Yeah, I would say the Vikings or the Lions. It's your division to take. Stafford, show that you're worth the contract that you got. All right, so that's last week. That was just I figured we should at least touch on that. Give me, uh, week, give me the games that you're looking forward to this week. You know, I could be a homer and be like Monday Night Football. I finally get to watch the Eagles two weeks in a row. Uh, it'd be fantastic. Game. I'm not going to though because I mean they're against the Redskins. They're going to win, and. That's me knocking on wood because I don't want to jinx that team. Uh, even though they are technically one of the better games to look at this week. That's one of the better games. I wouldn't yeah. hate you if you said Eagles-Redskins, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm actually really looking at the schedule now, and I'm going to go Eagles-Redskins just because the other games are not that fun looking to me. Giants-Seahawks, unless the Giants pull out something out of their ass like they did against Denver. Uh, but nothing else is really compelling, and I don't want to take the game that I'm sure you're going to be talking about. Well, I mean, it has to be, it has to be like the main game, right? That's why it's in prime time. It's Falcons Patriots. Yeah. yeah Rematch the Super Bowl. Um, both teams are kind of like, they have good records, but kind of look shaky. Um, you know, Patriots at home, but they haven't had a really good home record this year. It'll be a really interesting game. I think, I think that the Patriots are in trouble if they can't get through this portion of their schedule. The Patriots portion of their schedule right now is really tough. Yeah, I mean, basically, if not for a nullified touchdown, who knows what happens in that Jets game? Because that was a weird, very questionable nullified touchdown. I mean, they they interpreted the rule correctly, if that's what you're wondering. Yeah, no, I don't think they did. Uh, um, the Patriots right now have to get through a part of their schedule, which has, um, I'm quickly pulling it up here, um, the Falcons, the Chargers are the week after that, but that's fine. So they, within the next few weeks, they have the Falcons, and the Broncos, and the Raiders, and then they have the Steelers later on. They luckily haven't played any games against the Dolphins or the Bills yet, which, um, you know, is positive because we, we usually do pretty well. But we have, within the next four weeks, we have three 
you know, quote unquote, upper echelon teams or teams that have at least given the Patriots a really hard time. Um, so yeah. they need to get through this portion of their schedule. Don't and, also uh, knock the Chargers. The Chargers have been uh, frisky and unnervingly frisky, some might say. Unnervingly and frisky. Keeping yeah. it close. And their defense is not that bad. It's just they tend to lose in, by three points, and that's how the Patriots seem to be winning this year. So, uh, yeah, the two best games, it seems, are slotted for prime time, and NFL is looking out pretty big with the Falcons-Patriots rematch getting the Sunday night look, and then the Eagles-Redskins getting the Monday night look. So you got to wait till the end of the week for the best games, but I th- James and I, I think are pretty much in agreement. It's going to be worth it. Yeah, definitely. Anything else, Greg, before we wrap up this week? No, I think that's about it. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thoughts and prayers to all the Celtics fans out there who are hurting from the end of their season. But, hey, we have uh, the Bucks and Giannis tonight, hopefully getting a home win, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, hashtag heal up, Hayward. Uh, yeah, that's my own. Uh, take that to the bank and Twitter, folks. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. All right, guys. Have a good one. The Sports Sports Dance.